Well, let's um, we're going to be uh, just um, just been praying to see how the Lord would have to encourage you today. So I just want to talk a little bit about foundations in a troubled world, and maybe talk a little bit about the Great Tribulation. Uh, but today we're going to really lay some, just some foundations. I want to encourage you um, in the world that we live in. We live in a crazy world. We're living, if, you're, uh, if you are follow the news like I do, I like to follow things. Um, I like to think of what's going on. I like to see things from the perspective of what God is doing in the world so that everything that happens in the world is God at work in one way or another. So that's why I'm interested in the news because nothing is meaningless. God has purposes. And so... I want to encourage you to, um, to, I want to hopefully give you some things that you can rely on in a world that some people um, are going through a lot of mental health issues. Massive mental health, anxiety and depression are like the new pandemic, right? It's, 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 it's and for good reasons. Um, there, and you might say, where does this come from? It comes from a lot of places, but all we know that there is hope in Jesus Christ. And, think, and I think we all feel the pressures. And so we'll, we'll talk about some of that. And so I just want to take, you know, we'll see. We'll take it week by week and see how the Lord leads us. But uh, I want to encourage you that in the world that you live in, there is foundations that you can stand on so that you don't give in to depression, so that you don't give in to anxiety. Um, the Bible says that in the last days, because of everything that's happening, men's hearts shall fail them for what? Right. So the Bible says, I don't I didn't say that. God says that in the last days. People will not be able to handle emotionally, psychologically. The disruption, God is going to disrupt life. God is going to disrupt everything. Um, Hebrews says it this way. Uh, the Lord is going to shake everything. And when the Lord grabs and he starts to shake, it is pure power and he's shaking and the bible says he's shaking everything and rem and the only thing that will remain is that which cannot be what shaken and there's only one thing that cannot be shaken and the next verse tells us in hebrews we receive the kingdom the kingdom of god so your world is going to be shaken our world will be shaken and there will be casualties. What the Lord is about to do and what the Lord is doing is pretty fierce if you stay on top of our world. I don't know about you, but I, every day I'm having anguish over what happens in the world. Anguish, literally anguish. And so how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you meet this world? How do you, what, what are your plans? What's your plan? You think, you think calamity won't strike you? It will strike you. It will strike me. We will all feel it. Nothing will be, right? There, there will be only one refuge, and that's in Jesus Christ, period. There's no other refuge. So I want to begin to just lay some foundations today. Hopefully, um, you don't have to give in to the fear. You don't have to worry about your life. You don't have to be wondering what my future is. You don't have to be wondering, right? Now, uh, more and more of the questions concerning the future will be more and more pressing. The future will look bleak. That's just the way it is. 
from the world's point of view, but as bright as ever from the Christian's perspective, right? But the problem is we don't see the Christian's perspective. We, are, we tend to respond to our na the natural phenomenon, and that's normal to respond to it, but we have to have eyes of faith to see a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Amen? So let's, let's um, I'm going to read a long passage of Scripture, just kind of lay some groundwork, and then we'll, we'll have more of an introduction today, and we'll take it from there. But I, I just, my, my desire is to encourage you. How, to, how, do you, how do you face the world that you're facing? Well, I don't know what you guys do. Uh, do you have a game plan? You know? What if the economy collapses tomorrow? How many of you have 401Ks? <laughs> don't look at them. Don't look at your 401K. <laughs> don't look at it. You know, it's lost. It's gone pretty much. You've lost, we've lost so much money, it's not even funny anymore. You know, what, what happens if, if, if the finance, you know, you know, things with Russia and it gets more complicated. What, what's your game plan? Well, we have a game plan. Only the Christian has a game plan. So you don't have to. And let's be honest. Many of us have lived in a very nice world. Many of us have lived, uh, well, I, what I think some people call it extraordinary times of peace. Extraordinary. This is not normal, right? What's happening in America is not normal. There's wars and everywhere. There's devastation. And for, for 200 years, America has been pretty much, right? But those days are over. And those days ended in, on September 11, 2000. Something changed at that point. So, so let, let, but I don't want you to give in to fear. Some of you may already be struggling with anxiety. Some of you may be struggling with fear. And I hope that you can, you can uh, hear and begin to um, lay foundation so that you don't have to worry. And, and it may not be the things in the world. It may be the things in your life, the things in your life that are troubling. You don't know what the future holds. Young men. Right, looking to be married, young women wanting to be married and not seeing a lot of prospect, not knowing what the future holds, right? Th that's just rampant. So let's, let's uh, read Matthew 24. We're going to read through that, and then, uh, just to, and then um, we'll have some preliminary just thoughts, and then, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. I won't keep you long, but let, let's, Matthew 24, verse, verses 1 through 22, Matthew 24. Abby, you got the recording there? Jesus left the temple and was going away when his disciples came to point out to him the buildings of the temple. But he answered them, you see all these, do you not? Truly I say to you, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. That's a very warning, that's a serious warning that I, be, I believe not only had its fulfillment in 70 AD, when the, the temple in Jerusalem was completely destroyed by the Romans, and I do have it. I do believe that that has eschatological fulfillment in the future, where the temple, in its institutionary form, will be completely destroyed. And we're already seeing that, right? We're already seeing the organized temple, the institution, right? The, right? Not the not the spiritual church, but that which can, that, that which is visible. I believe that Jesus is giving us a warning. As he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus answered them, See that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear wars and rumors of war. See that you are not alarmed, 
that this must take place. Must take place. It's a clue, right? This must, it is necessary to take place, but the end is not yet. For nations will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of the birth pains, and then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and destroy and betray one another and hate one another, and many false prophets, prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, have any, has anyone noticed the lawlessness increasing in just exponentially? The love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony. We've been looking at the testimony the last few weeks to all nations, and then the end will come. So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel, standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. Let, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let the one who is on the housetop not go down to take what is in his house. And let the one who is in the field not turn back to, his, to take his clothes. And alas, for women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in those days, pray that your flight may not be in winter or on a Sabbath. For then there will be great tribulation, such as not been from the beginning of the world until now, and never will be. And that, that's going to be, you know, we're going to land there. For, they will, for then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been from the beginning of the world until now, no, and never will be. And if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for just a few minutes that we can um, engage with the reality of your word and, and with your help and with your Holy Spirit. Um, give us um, things that we can hold on to by the power of your spirit, things in your word, Lord, the truth of your word, that we can build our, our lives on the rock, on the rock and the foundations that are true in Jesus Christ. And so I pray that you would um, open our hearts and our ears and help us, Lord, to, to just um, listen and and to receive the engrafted word which is able to save our souls and to really deliver us from all kinds of things that the devil would want us to be ent entangled with, um, specifically fear and anxiety and not sure what the future holds and worrying. And I just pray, may you grant us today uh, a real foundation by the power of your spirit through your word. Amen. So we, so we know we're we're, we are living in very troubling times. We're living in very troubling times, and, and so we, we just need to really grasp that. Um, um, it seems like our, um, our, our society, our, the churches, are just spinning out of control. Uh, we know we are fighting these battles every day, and, um, and the concern today is to, is to give an account, begin to give an account of what, what is happening to our world and how can we face this world with truths that will help you. And again, don't just think of the global world. Think about your own lives. Some people are going through tremendous trials in their own personal lives. They don't even have time to worry about what's going on in Ukraine or what's going on in the stock market because the reality is that their lives are under such intense pressure. Have you ever been there? That you, you're under such intense pressure that the outside world is just like you really, at this point, I can't even think about that because I, I got to deal with my own problems, right? 
But there's, but you know, so all of this, I'm, in, I'm including all of it, whether you're fear, you know, you're seeing what's going on, but usually it's a combination of both, right? Usually it's pressures that we feel internally, almost um, reinforced by the chaos around us, right? And the, the chaos around us just seems to not help the situation, right? So, so it's usually a combination of both. And we, so we want to begin to give an account to that. And, and let's just take a survey, uh, a survey, quickly, just to show you. And all of these, I could, I, we could, we, all of these are, we're seeing in, in probably in, in levels that we've never seen before. So I'll, I'll mention sexual immorality, right? Incredible immorality everywhere you turn. Everything has turned soft porn. Homosexuality, uh, all kinds of sexual perversion have become totally normalized in our society. Does that grieve you, right? Um, normally, uh, total normalized. Um, we, uh, laws trying to be uh, passed to codify abortion, right? Even up until nine months, boom. In some, in some case, they were proposing a law that the mother would have 72 hours after birth to decide what she wants to do. You know, um, it just stuff that, you know, that we're seeing. Uh, lawlessness, as we, as, we, as we read in the Bible, um, lawlessness increasing in our society. Have you guys seen videos of, of, uh, of teens going into stores, um, right, robbing, and, and no one just, what can do? I mean, I saw a video this week of uh, really, uh, you know, it's, and sometimes I see these things, and I say, oh, God, I shouldn't have seen that. Of a, a woman, uh, you guys hear about the EMT worker in New York City? You guys hear about that? Um, she just, you can see in the video, she, um, She's just kind of looking towards the corner. Next thing you know, the video changes. A man um, comes running, puts her on the floor, uh, pushes her to the floor. She takes out a knife, like 24 inches long, and he plunges it 30 times into her chest. I'm like, this is unbelievable. Unbe in New York City. And he's there totally unstopped. Boom, 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 boom. And you can see the woman's hand as she stops wiggling. And he, she stops wiggling, but he's going. Boom, 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 boom. Anybody saw that? That's the kind of world that we're, we're living in. I don't know about you, but that gets me angry. Because Satan, right? Does that get you angry? Right? Do, are we awake? Do we care, right? Do we even care, right? Do we care? We need to care. For a moment there, I thought, what if that was my daughter? How would you feel? And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying this for sensationalism. You know that, right? This is reality. But if we, if we have our heads in the sand, right? We don't want to listen to it, right? But there's suffering out there, unprecedented suffering. And if you care, and if you are a child of God, you do care. Because every fiber in our bones, we're not of this world. We'll talk about that. We're, you know, we're seeing unprovoked, random murders of innocent people. We're seeing criminals released without, with impunity, you know, no real consequences. Do you know that Illinois is going to pass a legislation beginning in January 2023 that will basically remove the cash bail system, which basically means for all the hard crimes, for hard crimes, people will just walk out. Lawlessness. You see lawlessness? Lawlessness. Right? So you have a lot more criminals on the street committing crimes. We witnessed the end of the family, the fathers, end of fathers, end of marriages, right? Um, 
The, the marriage rate in the U.S. is the lowest level since the U.S. government kept keeping marriage records. The lowest rate. And they started taking records in 1867, which you know, not, is not, you know, not that long time ago, but, but it's the lowest level marriage, so nobody's getting married. What does that mean? What, do, what kind of impact does that have for the family? And the truth of the matter, some people want to get married, but they can't, right? <laughs> sometimes it's not, it's not a matter of not wanting to get married, but it's a, sometimes a matter of there's just no prospects, right? <laughs> Slim pickings, I call it, you know? <laughs> right? On both sides of the fence. <laughs> but yeah, th but these things, I worry about my daughters. I got three daughters, you know? I worry about this. I say, God, I want my, my, I want my daughters to have a home and a family and children. Amen? Some of you are parents, you feel that, right? You feel like, hey, wait a minute, time out. Lord, can we make an exception on this case? <laughs> you know? But, you know, those are things that as a father, you, you, you know, I, we, we, we want to we see that. Um, you know, 70 years ago, 80% of the U.S. households were made up of married couples. 80%. Today, it's like 49%. A drop. You know, um, we're seeing the, the effects of gender ideology, right? We're seeing this is, you know, it's one thing to see a person with blue hair and 16 earrings in their tongue, you know, talking. I'm like, okay, you know, <laughs> this, per this person has issues, right? It's another when you see doctors, professionals with a straight face say nonsense. And I've been seeing more and more doctors professionals validating the whole transgender ideology. That's scary. It's one thing if you have a knot, right? Like I said, you know, purple hair, you know, 16 earrings, you know, you know whatever. All right, whatever. It's another one you see professionals validating that a child should be mutilated that a child should begin taking puberty blockers as a whole different culture, right? Different, the, the war, you got professionals now validating this movement, which is really so destructive to children. Children that are being mutilated, literally in our, in our day and age today, children are being mutilated. Body organs are being cut off in order to support this. Does that bother you? Bothers me. Amen? It bothers me that these are kids, 12-year-olds, 10-year-olds. Right? So we're seeing um, Board of Education proposing changes to Title IX. Right? This is real. Th right? I wanted to talk a little bit about stuff, you know, that, that can is hitting our world. I want us to be a church that is unaware of, like, okay, these things are happening. And so what is our well, how are we going to respond to this? How are we going to stand in the midst of this? Right? So this is the reality. We can, we can, we can, we can, you know, sing kumbaya all day long. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, but but we need to face the reality that our world is crumbling before us, and we, you and I, will stand. My concern is for the children and the youth. Right? The Board of Education, like I said, is proposing change to Title IX regulation that seeks to broaden the definition of what is sexual discrimination. That's going to have a tremendous impact, particularly on Christian schools. So that I if a school does not allow a boy to use a girl's bathroom, the proposed changes will eliminate school lunch funding for that school. 
right? You think that's fair? If you don't allow a boy to use the girls' bathroom, we will remove, you will have no lunch now, no lunch, you know, funding. That's cold, right? Is that cold? That's pretty cold. And what do you think a lot of people are going to do that don't fear the Lord? They don't, they don't, they don't right? They're going to be, well, well, let them. And our daughters, our daughters will be afraid going to the bathroom, right? I mean, these are things that are real. You guys are aware of this? Is this, who could, this is all new. This is the first time you've heard of this. Anybody here? I think we have plenty of time to kind of like <laughs> put it and ignore it. But the reality is it's upon us. It's upon us. It, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to confront us sooner or later. And I want us to be a church. We're not going to be always on these topics, right? We're here to preach the gospel. Amen? You know, but we're also here to pray. We're, we're here to be a light and to, and to really know and to be wise in how we're praying for our, our generation. What are the battles that they're facing? Right, the battles that they're facing today are not the same that they were uh, 20 years ago when I was a kid. You know, you know, 40 years ago when I was a kid. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you know, I'll correct it. You know, but 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 they're different. You know, what, what was that? What was that? what were we struggling with? What were we struggling? With? Cutting class. You know, having a girlfriend. <laughs> Yeah, like, we, we, didn't, we didn't struggle. With, we wouldn't have these issues. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, nobody in my class struggled with their gender. Nobody. Ever. From kindergarten to high school. No, not one person. The topic was not even broached. And I grew up in the Bronx. So don't say, oh, you, well, because you grew up in a very nice, lush neighborhood. Nope. <laughs> nope. Bronx. <laughs> right? So, so. These things, this is a radical change. Nobody asked me when I was young, what's your pronouns? Right? You'd be like, what? <laughs> and the truth of the matter, if somebody said, what's your pronoun? A week later, they're being medicated and they're, <laughs> they're in the institution. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it was that, it was that complicated. But something, what's happened? Right? We're seeing unprecedented rise of false prophets on the internet with hundreds of thousands of followers, right? Are you guys aware of that? False prophets all over the place on the internet, personalities just following hundreds of thousands of followers. Give, 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 it, give, it, give it, take a moment to figure out, wow, this is incredible. Never happened in the history of the world, in the history of the church, this platform. Jesus said in the, in the last days there will be the rise of false prophets. Well, we're, we're seeing it. All kinds of personalities on the internet drawing people away from the local church, right, and giving them ambitions and supernatural things, right? And so, and so we, we're seeing this unprecedented in our society. Um, how many pastors leave the ministry every month? You guys know what that number is? It used to be 1,500. I did a research yesterday. It was 1,700 pastors leave the month, leave the ministry every month. 1,700 pastors leave the ministry every month. That's incredible. It, when I first heard, now that I don't, I don't really respond to that, but when I first heard that number, I was like, I was, I was just shocked. I was like, are you serious? That's just the climate that we live in. Um, the average stay of a church of a senior pastor, so the average stay of a pastor at a church is four years. The average. People, pastors don't stay more than four years. We're seeing a, an unprecedented number of believers, professing believers, um, turning away from the faith, right? Have you guys heard about the deconstruction movement? Okay, good. 
lot of people deconstructing. Uh, in fact, one of my past, one of our pastors when I was in Maryland, I really, you know, I respected him. And even till today, I'm like, and he was a good guy. Some of you may have known him. Some of you have read his book, Joshua Harris. And he supported our church. He gave us a lot of money when we did this church plant back in 2013. Supported us. Really good guy, solid guy, homeschooling guy. <laughs> That's like the golden thing, uh, homeschooling guy. His whole family, I mean, they were writing books when they were teenagers. Godly home. And I'll never forget, it happened maybe, I think, three years ago. All of a sudden, he posts that he's no longer a Christian. That he's divorcing his wife. That sh- I tell you, I, that shocked the hell out of me. I couldn't even, I didn't, know, I, I didn't have, I didn't know how to process it. You know, it, it would be so, you know, what would be the equivalent of that? You know? Shocked. Dramatic explosion of uh, mental health issues, not to mention the war like Ukraine, the collapse of the stock market. We're living in a crazy world. Amen? But I want to I get to give you, because I'm running out of time, I want to get to give you at least two things um, that I think is going to be extremely important for you to begin your own study. In other words, what I say today is just a primer. You got to get into the Word of God yourself and gain this for yourself. Get an understanding of what I'm about to tell you. What I tell you today hopefully will whet your appetite to consider what I'm saying. And then go to the scriptures and validate it for yourself. Um, take this and let it become your. So it's not just a manual. Oh, I didn't read it in your book. But God has opened your heart and understanding um, and that you, you can defend it yourself. You can, uh, you can validate it yourself. So two underlying foundations, foundations in these troubling times. You are going to need these foundations like never before. First of all, here's the first thing. You have to know this. And I and when I say these things, I know some of you are going to be like, no, it's too complicated. That raises too many questions. It does. But just because it raises too many questions, don't dismiss them. Give God a chance to show himself to you through the study of scripture, right? But here we go. All things that take place in the world. Everything and in our lives are ordained by God. Right? All things. All things that I just mentioned, that whole list, right? a lot of bad things, all of it, without exception, ordained. Changes the, that changes the picture. But this is a glorious truth. 
Go to Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 37. This is the scripture that the Lord used 20 years ago. He stopped me in my tracks. I didn't believe this, by the way. There was a time when I didn't believe it. Nah. And this is the scripture that the Lord used. I remember reading reading this 20-something years ago. Who has spoken? God is speaking. Yeah, uh, let, me, let me give you some background. Jeremiah is complaining. The Babylonians are devastating Jerusalem. Nebuchadnezzar, fierce empire. At that moment, the most fierce empire and ungodly empire that the world has ever known. And they are kicking, blasting, punching Jerusalem in the face, stabbing Jerusalem. Is that wicked? Oh, yeah. Right? Figuratively speaking, they are devastating. Nebuchadnezzar made a siege around Jerusalem. People died starving, and they just laughed. And Jeremiah can't understand what is going on, and he's complaining. And he's basically saying, you know, he's basically saying what you and I would say. Lord, how could you let this happen? And this is God's answer to Jeremiah. Jeremiah, stand here. Tell me who has spoken and it came to pass. Has anyone done anything, Jeremiah? Unless I, the Lord, have what? Commanded. <laughs> I mean, that, that scripture just like grabbed me. Whoa, take a moment. Jeremiah, you're complaining. You, uh, you complain about the wicked. You don't understand. I have commanded Babylon. I have raised up Nebuchadnezzar. That changes the, that changes the equation, right? Unless the Lord has commanded, nothing takes place. Obviously, that raises a lot of questions. <laughs> but I'm not going to allow the questions. I'm glad that I, God gave me enough sense to say there are questions, but I stand in awe of who he is. I don't I, I was like, okay. Right? You're like, oh, okay. Right? You, you, you. I literally bowed my heart in that moment. You got to say, oh, he is the Lord. And that's, thus began a massive change in my life. My joy tripled. I'm like, this is a great God. This is an awesome God. Right? This is not a God that just died on the cross and poor Jesus. <laughs> This is a God that unless he commands, nothing happens. 
My, my joy, my understanding of this great God just, ooh, did it, God help me. From that moment on, now I can understand, and he who trembles at his word. I understand that now a little bit. Right? He, this is an awesome God. Everything that comes to pass, the Lord must command it first. Think about your life. Think about the things that you're going through that you don't like. God has commanded it in your life. And you might say, how is that possible? Good question. There's some bad things that happened to us. That's why when I got cancer, I knew the Lord had commanded it. I said, Lord, who has cancer? And it came to pass unless the Lord commands it. <laughs> I said, and then he commands it. There's another part. We won't get there yet. <laughs> right? It's a whole different ballgame. We're no longer victims. We're no longer like, oh, I can't believe it's false. Yeah, I'm going to put on a lawsuit that this is false. <laughs> right? It changes everything. Right? Changes everything. And, and let's, you know, in the context of Jeremiah, it's very clear what is, what's going on. It's Jeremiah is complaining about Babylon, the devastation of Jerusalem. The raping of women. I mean, it, it was devastation. And he's complaining, and this is the Lord's answer in Jeremiah 5. Who has, done, who has spoken and came to pass? Unless the Lord Do you know God? I said, when I, when, I, when I discovered this, I said, I went from a PhD to like an amoeba. <laughs> it was like, I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, pride. <laughs> I was like, I don't know this God that well. I don't know this God that well. Obviously, I don't. See, the problem is we're so full of ourselves because we don't know God. But the moment you get to know him, you feel you're, you're small because he is beyond our ability to comprehend. He is incomprehensible apart from a revelation of the Holy Spirit. I was humble. I wasn't so proud. I said, okay, I got to know this. I got to get to know this God. I don't know him. I don't know him. Lamentation 338. And we're running out of time. Is it not from the mouth of the most high? Both good and bad. Hmm. I love these scriptures, man. Because, you know, some of you, I, I'm not laughing because I know some of you might be having an existential crisis right now, <laughs> an existential theological crisis, but it's okay. Well, I had mine, so you got to have yours too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I have my crisis. Raises questions. But it's okay, there are wonderful answers in the Bible. And it does not ever contradict not one iota of God is a great, good God. <laughs> right? It doesn't contradict that once. But good and bad come from him.
him just saying, hey, I have a command. It's got to come from me. Somehow, I've got to be involved. Isaiah 45, verse 7. Isaiah 45, verse 7. I form light. Yes. Let there be light. And create. Genesis, he creates light, but what was in the deep? Darkness was over there. So who, who, who made that? God. It's not some force outside of God telling you, hey, Isaiah, I know you know your Genesis very well. And in those, in those cultures, they always looked at the, the sea as the, the sea of chaos and Oh, you know, I, you know I, not, not, not this God. This is the wonderful thing that, 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 that the God of Isaiah, the Lord, the Yahweh of Isaiah, he, he's greater than the gods of the Babylonian, the gods of Mesopotamia, because they're fighting. And I, I believe that Marduk, Marduk kills somebody, right? Did you remember that story? Marduk kills in, in the whole Babylonian, and they like, no, <laughs> this God is greater. He's over everything. And he raised Yahweh. That's why in that culture, the, to be a Jew, I belong to Yahweh. Woo! You were up here. You know, a lot of, a lot of confusion happens because, um, oh, the God of the Jews is the same God of the Mesopotamian. No, he's not. Very different. I make well-being, and I create calamity. I. In other words, um, to get an understanding of this great God, you're going to have to see him. You're going to have to see this. This is, the, this is, for me, the height of my joy. I love this about God. After I, caught, I got rid of my crisis, my existential crisis, you know, and I broke through to an understanding, like, oh, it is, it is a source of joy. Because I just love the fact that he's so in control. I love the fact that everything serves him. I love the fact that everything's a puppet in his hands. I, I love that. That he's never sweating, not one sweat, because he is so beautifully. Oh, woo. You know, he's just like so in control. Amen? We, we don't respond that way. We're, like, we're, we're, we're so flaky. With something, I missed the bus. Oh, what a terrible day. I missed the bus. <laughs> but if you get it, I'm saying, the Lord commanded that I miss the bus. Oh, okay. I wonder why. <laughs> it, become, it just becomes like, you know, I, I, I tell you that um, we broke down. I broke down on, on Tuesday going to, going to the convention flat tire. And the first thing that comes to mind is like, Lord, why did you command a flat, flat tire to be broken? So I began to laugh. I said, something's good coming. And it was. We broke down right in front of McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's, I'm, I'm actually not, not laughing. <laughs> I got a Big Mac meal, supersized fries. <laughs> I don't, now, you might laugh, but you know why it's, 
we were back roads. We were in back roads. I've never been back roads. This is like boondocks, mega boondocks. <laughs> and this is a Bronx kid. You know, I was like, I want to see some more lights. You know, we saw cows and cows and cows and more cows. Imagine the cows had, had a revenge. <laughs> but but it was just like, and I said to myself, man, we could have broken down in those boondocks roads, and we didn't. And we we broke down right in front of McDonald's. <laughs> I said, Lord, look, look, look at how the Lord loves me. I said, Lord, look to your left. Your big ass. <laughs> so everything's good. <laughs> Everything is good. You know, and, um, but you know what? It's like, well, I, I found out that my tire, that it was good that I broke down because my tires were in horrific shape. I did not know that. And I, I, I could start this story by saying I did not intend to take boondocks. It's just that, you know, we are so gullible, and we leave it up to Google to decide. <laughs> so like, and, and we just got, you know, well, we got to take, take action against Google. <laughs> and, and I ended up taking boondocks. Like, who, who, who's leading me through this? And I'm just following Google. If we would have taken 78, which is a much more faster route, more cars and stuff, and my tire would have broken on 78, maybe we have a different story. Right? So the Lord commanded that Google will pick that route, <laughs> right? And the flat tire in front of McDonald's just as a freebie, you know? <laughs> just like right? I am the Lord who does all these things. And if that, no, I'm going to end it there because he does it. It's the same word for um, that it's used, you know, and, and you'll see that in Genesis. He does it. He doesn't just think it. He doesn't just plan it. He does it. That, that's, that's the crazy thing. Like, I am the who does all these things. Not just plan it. Not just think about it. Not just not predestine it. He's actively doing, making. One more scripture and then we'll quit. Uh, Amos 3.6. And I went as far as like 2% of what I want. <laughs> Amos 3.6 is a trumpet blown in a city and the people are not afraid. Does disaster come to a city unless the Lord has, there we go again, what? Done it. Understood. Pay close attention to those words is because you know, we, can, we can easily think of God kind of passive. He's more active than you realize. Now that doesn't mean that man is not involved, that man is, man is not responsible, so don't make that. And it's going to be responsible 1,000%. But that does not diminish God's sovereignty. Right? Done it. He's done it. It's the same word that's used in Genesis. And I have a scripture here. Genesis 1-7. Genesis 1-7. You know God's name, the heavens, the expanse. Same word that's used in Amos, in Isaiah. Same word. God is actively doing something. We're going to need this, folks. You, you're going to need You need it for your life. Bad things are going to happen, and you're going to have to have biblical foundation. Not just like, well, that's just the way he is. <laughs> that's not good enough. Does that, does that sound, oh, that's the way he is. He's just a selfish person. 
No, if you, 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 that's not gonna. That's not gonna comfort you. That may be true that he's a selfish person and he did that towards you, but that's not the ultimate reason. You're gonna have to have foundations to to lean on God. This is this is the. That's why the Lord says, "Trust me." Right? Does that when you understand the sovereignty of God, faith makes perfect sense because since he's in, in control since he's over all things he's telling now put your trust in me I, i've got it i've got it i've got it i'm going before you i i, I see it i'm doing i i know what i'm doing you don't have understanding you get confused you get offended you, like whatever right but trust me the lord is saying trust me i know what i'm doing and the lord wants to tell some of you today trust me some of you may have some real questions why things are happening in your life. Why is this happening? Why don't I have this? Why don't I have that? Right? We can have all kinds of questions. But I'm hoping that now you're starting to, again, I'm sorry, this is just a primer. Just a primer. We're going to keep talking about this next week. But I just felt in my heart, I want to encourage you. The world is getting crazy. And I want, you to, I want you to know that God is in control, in control of your life. And now change your attitude. When bad things happen, look to God. Say, hmm, okay. There are going to be means by which those things happen. Do you know, do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm walking down the street, and a car hits me. Hey, bro, take it easy. Right? The, mean, the means is the guy in the car, the Toyota, right? And he's like, no, fuck it. Right? <laughs> Whatever. You know what I'm saying? That's the means. I, the issue, that, that's, he's not the issue. Hey, take, watch it next time. The issue is, Lord, why did you allow this to happen? Right? That doesn't mean that he's not a nut and that he's, he should be looking, right? But if you l stay there, all you're going to have is conflict. Oh, you, you're not, you're not going to resolve anything. The issue is that everything that happens in your life is meaningful. God has a purpose in it. Don't just re react to situations. Um, as things happen, if you truly belong to Jesus Christ, learn to look beyond the moment and look to the Lord. Right? L learn to. Now, that takes time, and, and we are creatures of habit. It is very easy for us to respond at the moment, and that's okay, you know, but just learn, be, slowly learn to turn your gaze upon God and say, oh, Lord, um, no, um, why is this happening in my life? Why, you know, if we, if we had that kind of, I think, I think that we would, the problem is that we ignore God, right? We ignore him, and he wants to get our attention. Somebody wants to get attention, sometimes, sometimes for good reasons or bad things, or whatever, but we don't even consider God. We don't even consider, like, Maybe the Lord is trying to get our attention. Maybe the Lord is trying to draw us closer to himself. The Lord is doing something good, and we'll talk about that. You may not understand it, but, but just grab it that, first of all, the, the thing that we establish, and we'll, we'll, um, we'll, we'll look at the greatest acts of injustice. We'll consider the greatest acts of injustice in history. Try to, try to give some meaning, right, of how does this apply in light of the, a great act of injustice. Right, how does this apply? I, I don't have time to go that today, but I want to 
I want you to, again, let's trust God. Amen? Why don't, why don't we stand? Why don't we pray? Let's, let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for these simple truths. They, they this has been such a rock for me. Um, I can think. Of, I could. I could think of all the all the most painful times, especially in the last ten years. The most painful moments of my life, and how this truth, Lord, gave me a ground to stay on, to stand on. Whether whether it was when I got the virus, or my whole family was sick with coronavirus, and I knew you commanded it. Or when I got cancer, and I knew you commanded it. And I know that we live in a fallen world. I know that, Lord, but I thank you that even that, Lord, um, even that fallen world is under your sovereignty. And it has been such a source of strength and comfort, and it has helped me not to worry. And I'm just praying right now in a world that is so troubling, a world that is men's hearts shall fail them for fear, I am praying for this little flock that they will know the Lord. They will know you. That they will stop just complaining about little things and, and engage with you relationally. That they would not ignore the things that happen in their lives or just attribute them to whatever. But, oh, God, our lives are meaningful and beautiful. Everything that happens in our life is beautiful. It's good, purposeful. Lord, help us to stay, Lord, to get away from a, a, a life of vanity in our minds as if our lives don't have any meaning. And we're just going through the world like everyone else and experiencing everything else that everyone else experienced. I pray that you would destroy that mindset from the, from the minds of your people and that we, Lord, we, we, we are a, the people of the Lord and, and our lives are meaningful. Everything that happens is meaningful and that everything you care for us. I mean, you said, Lord, that, 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 that consider, Lord, the birds of the air, that not, not one falls to the ground apart from the Father, not one falls. How much more us who are more valuable. And I just pray, Lord, I don't know what the world is coming. Stock markets are, are, are like, Lord, vacillating. And, and Lord, there's, we don't know what's coming, but I pray, I'm praying that you would strengthen the hearts of your people today. I'm praying, Father, that you would encourage everyone here today and that they would trust you. Even as we unfold these, these truths, May you reinforce the knowledge of God in us. And so, Lord, that we would um, just really find our comfort, our strength in Jesus Christ. So we thank you, Lord. I want to take a moment. I want to give a moment to someone who might be struggling. You're struggling. We all have struggles.